Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Three times a week, four times a week, I come to you with uh, some thoughts over some beats. Normally it's like classical and jazz. This week it's got a bit of a dub flow going on. So I hope you like that. Experiment with the lighting in this room. Yeah, so uh, thank you for people who got in touch with me about yesterday's episode. This Faith Goldie stuff is BS. I think she's less popular than she lets on. That's another thing people do in order to sort of gain visibility and popularity is they claim to be more popular than they are. The problem is that can work sometimes. And it might work with her, but I really will do what I can to make that not happen. She looks like Joan Collins' skeleton. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick Flanagan, your erstwhile host. Feel free to uh, let other people know if you enjoy the podcast. Um, Get it on iTunes, Android, all those places. SoundCloud is where I host that stuff, so it's always up on SoundCloud if you love SoundCloud. And if you want to support the podcast um, right now, the only way really to do that is go to my bandcamp, nickflanagan.bandcamp.com, and download my record, Wiped Privilege. Wiped Privilege. Maybe one of these days I'll post a track from it. Would you like that? Um, yeah, I was thinking about that when I was in Europe. How serious the anti-fascist stuff. Because I was in a punk band, so we were traveling through squats, places where there was a real, you know, battle with hooligans, as they called them. This is ten years ago. And I remember being in, in Budapest. Budapest. I don't know if we were in Buda or Pest. And um, we got on transit. There were these two guys. One of them had a shirt that said uh, "Good Good Night Left Side," and it was a bonehead, as the Canadians call them. So we call Nazis boneheads. Or skins. That's what we would call Nazi skinheads. And uh, it said "Good Night Left Side." One of these guys' shirts it was a picture of a bonehead type punching out, I guess, a antifa kind of person. Because the Antifa movement that you see in the U.S. is such an... Ex- it's an extension of Antifa in Europe. It's not related to it, but, like, ten years ago, that was still quite a thing. I, I don't know where it's at now, ten years later. Ten years ago, it was pretty intense. We actually played an anti-fascist uh, action benefit in uh, Prague that propaganda were also on. Was pretty intense. That was also surrounded by police. So no matter what you might hear, it's not just the racists who are getting surrounded by police. It's also the anti-fog types. Anyway, so one guy had one of these shirts. The other guy had a swastika chain. He was just openly wearing. And this was ten years ago. And in Sweden, where we were, we were told that the KKK in this uh, town. I can't recall which town it was. Um, They they did a march through the streets every Sunday. Someone wouldn't lie about that. So, this stuff is really a thing. 
And I think when people decry the tactics of Antifa, they don't want to acknowledge the um, worldwide, or at least, you know, continents-wide um, existence of this stuff. And the fact that it's supporting an ideology that led to war, which was the ultimate violence, right? So, sometimes this needs to be met with a hostile rejection. Anyway, I'm a comedian. (laughs) But I gotta vent about this stuff, because it really bothers me. I don't know if I'll have a guest this week either. I've been having one guest a week. It's not really looking like I'll have a guest this week, but in the future, there will be some cool guests. Uh, I've got some plans, and it's pretty exciting. Um, Yeah. There's a comedy festival going on right now. Maybe I'm being so serious this week because the comedy festival that's happening, I just have nothing to do with it so far. There's no involvement. I kept a low profile coming back from Toronto, you know. I'm doing shows, but I'm not doing, like, a grinding amount of shows every week. Some weeks I might have a few shows, four, three, four, but, you know, this week I have two. Next, Last week was none. I don't think I have any. I just don't know. You know, stand-up, I love doing it, but... I just... I've got to feel like it's going somewhere, and right now, I don't know. I don't know. So if you want to encourage me to go forward with my stand-up, please send comments or questions to weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Also, frankly, this podcast is really satisfying, aside of my stand-up, but I do really want to perform live, and I, I get such a kick out of it. Um... And a big thing with me is like trying to decide, trying to figure out if I don't want to do something, how much of that is truly my will, I don't, I'm not interested, and how much of it is fear of essentially rejection. So I think that the latter is a big reason why I don't want to, I'm kind of anxious about stand-up because I, I do truly love doing it. I love getting a good response, even a poor response can often be instructive but I guess there's a fear where I'm like maybe I don't want to be rejected rejected maybe I don't want to be rejected for my vocal fry what if I just did a vocal fry podcast where I just spoke only on vocal fry maybe I already do I don't know if I do vocal fry I know I say like and uh sometimes haven't really done it that much. I feel like I say really a lot. I feel like I start a lot of sentences with I. I feel like the second one in a lot of my sentences is feel. But I don't know if that's a bad thing. I posted a um, excerpt from Driven to Distraction by Hallie Walry in my Instagram yesterday. And I, I think it made people pretty interested it it told people to say um never worry alone that there are very often for the worries you have support groups support systems use as much of them as you can whether it's a friend a teacher a dog a cat a turtle 
But if it's a turtle, speak very slowly. I saw Eighth Grade last night by Bo Burnham. His feature film, I believe his feature film debut as a director, writer, young Bo Burnham. Very talented young young man. Very cool. Perhaps the bright eyes of comedy. I remember when I first, I'd heard of him and I was pretty dubious because this was at a time when YouTube success was, um, I don't know. Comedians were more jealous of it. And uh, then I saw him perform his songs and I was like, this is cool. And then this movie is... Um, a fairly sensitive, cute take on the difficulties of 8th grade, really going into ninth grade. If you've seen it, I'd love to know what you think. And uh, my mom thought it was cute. I didn't see it with her. She saw it before me. She's hipper than me. She has more money than me. Um, she thought it was cute. And I saw this scene where the girl was like trying to give learn how to give a blowjob and I was like my mom thought this movie was cute so yeah I, I you know minor quibbles as you have with films America seems to veer very schizophrenically between like a, a, I think kind of an over dependence on empathy and positivity <laughs> over realism sometimes and the other side which is pure nihilism or you know blockbuster bloatedness and I really want to see a movie that makes me feel like 2001 made me feel when will I see that movie it's not gravity I'm sure I didn't see gravity but I'm sure it's not what movie is it who is our generation's Kubrick Will they be American? Will they be Canadian? Eh? So, middle school, yeah, eighth grade, we performance was great. I was uncomfortable with the fact it was like a single father and he would like just walk into her bedroom before bed and, and like with no shirt and in his boxers. Who does that? Occasionally, my father would, like, scamper in a towel from the bathroom to the be- his bedroom. <laughs> and that was dramatic enough. But, you know, he wasn't knocking on my door and saying, Hey, Nick, uh, I didn't bring a shirt. Uh, I hope you don't mind. How you doing, son? I used to go to divorce families, house, houses, because they're friends with kids who were from single parent households. And, uh, yeah, like the dad would like pee with his door open, the bathroom door open, and I'd be like, this ain't right. That ain't right. Don't like that. So don't do that if you have kids. What about, you know, there's a clothing optional beach in Toronto. Occasionally you'll see like a family on it. 
But it's like this clothing optional beach. It's like a party beach. It's kind of a boner beach. Not for me. That shit don't work. But, uh... You know. There's pervs. So, like, I appreciate that you're a family of naturists, but... Maybe go to a cottage and do that or something, because... You know. You're, like, three feet away from... Like a naked massage. Consulting my notes. Yeah, I don't know. Just a little freestyle Wednesday show for you. Just wanted to say all that. To reiterate, Dave Goldie's bad. White nationalism, not good. Eighth grade movie, pretty good. Hungarian Nazis, not good. Little voice in my head that says not to do something out of fear. Possibly correct and protective. Perhaps a little over-fearful as well. Gotta find that distinction. Life is all about the fine lines, the nuance. And if you got bad eyesight emotionally... I'll show you an 8th grade experience. I I found middle school so traumatizing. And the movie 8th grade was um, um, pretty good at pointing out a lot of that. I mean, I don't know what where you live or or, or, uh, the schooling system where you are as a listener. But um, in, in Canada, in Ontario, it was, you know, elementary school primary, uh, junior high, and then high school. Sometimes the elementary school and the junior high would be, like, the same. So you'd have this nice shift from six to grade six to seven without it being a huge deal. And um, for me, that wasn't what happened. I went to a brand new school, and I went from a very diverse school to a less diverse school, and the kids were, like, into rock in a way that I didn't understand. One of those kids in seventh grade was my friend Andrew, who I've been in bands with uh, since I was like 15, and still I'm in the band Wrong Hole with. Um, but when I first met Andrew in seventh grade, we were in a homeroom together. And in sixth grade, I was, all, I was friends mostly with kids who were into like reggae and rap. I liked Smells Like Teen Spirit and Weird Al, and maybe another song or two that was of the rock variety but Andrew was into like Faith No More Metallica that that Guns N' Roses that big tour that came to town where there was a riot in Montreal so I listened to him about music but then I got my homeroom switched to a homeroom that had other um, kids from my, my old school in it so we hung out. We went to Blueberry Hill, this restaurant in Toronto, like a, a diner that used to exist, named after the Fats Domino song about a hill made of blueberries. That's how he became Fats. Because you eat enough blueberries, you will gain weight. It's a miracle food, but it, it, it will make you fat if you eat the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole blueberry bush. Um... 
And I guess we were into rap visibly or something, and Andrew thought I was suddenly a poser. And he called me a poser very angrily. Flash forward to a year later, very good friends. Started going to live concerts together. And I think he got into rap. Maybe thanks to me. Yours truly. Well, little middle school sharing for you. Also, seventh grade was so traumatic for me that I um, skipped school for like a month. Month and a half. I I played sick. I, I I made myself physically ill. And I took baths and listened to sports radio. I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. But that just means you don't have to listen to a way earlier episode. Listen to me tell it now. And um, I came back a month and a half later, and a girl named Carrie Lynn started a slow clap in class for me. And I think it was sincere. And I really appreciate that, Carrie Lynn, that display of empathy. If you were being sarcastic, I... Don't take it that way and absorb it as empathetic. So either way, it's fine. Thank you. Very good. Um, you can follow me. McFlynn Weekly Twitter, blah, 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 blah. You can find all of this stuff online very easily. And um, yeah, if you have comments or questions stuff you'd like to see or on the podcast guest suggestions anything production suggestions <laughs> let me know what you thought of the clip with james hartnett you can see that on youtube that's filmed a lot more professionally than my little webcam youtubes uh, two camera shoot um yeah and uh I, I picked up a book from the library it's called then and now toronto's nightlife history it's by um, a DJ and, and journalist named Denise Benson, and it's pretty interesting right now. So uh, it, it's a pretty interesting story of, of a city that has had a pretty good nightlife uh, since, since the 70s, maybe even before. So lots of clubs, lots of DIY shows, lots of DJs. So I'm going to start reading it. Feel free to also start reading it. Power to the people. Live your life. Take care.